0: Welcome, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the sun, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast we simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6 30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today if you have your Bible ready Luke chapter 2 verses 21 through 35 as we continue this verse-by-verse study. The title of this sermon is His Name Was Called Jesus. Here is the first half of this two-part study. His name was called Jesus. His name was called Jesus. And we'll look at it simply in two parts. Jesus' uh, parents keep the law. And then in the second part, in verses 21 through 24. And then uh, Jesus meets Simeon in verses 25 through 35. So, what we're going to see here today is actually a response that happens uh, with Simeon. And it happens some days after the birth of Christ. Now, how many of us have already moved on from Christmas, right? We forgot about the birth of Christ already. We done moved on to the new year. We moved on to what was happening last night. Uh, we move on to uh, football or whatever it is that we're going to watch, right? Uh, spending time with family. And, and so one of the things that I love about this story is this is our last Advent teaching as we uh, will be back next week and I'll have a message for the church for the year. Um, is, is this is part of the Advent story because one of the things that I love about Simeon is Simeon is a, a devout and just man and, and with him being a devout and just man, he's waiting for the Christ, something that we should be doing every day, seeking, seeking Jesus every day. And he goes into the temple looking for him every day because he was told this was going to happen. For us, I think one of the, the biggest things that, that was a reminder to me how quickly we move on in the world is even in a small town like Divine, I was in the Dollar Tree. I had to try to find something right before Christmas Eve service. And for everybody who came out Christmas Eve service, thank you. We had probably the biggest turnout for the church that we've ever had. Um, and, and it was, we had Christmas dinner and then Christmas Eve service and the kids performed. It was awesome. We, we, we thank y'all for everybody that made it out for that. We had some that couldn't make it out. They had family things and obligations and, 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 and even Ms. Darla, I think was even unable to make it cause she wanted to be there, but it was, it was a blessing to have that happen. And we had, we even had other churches come, which was even. You know, Ernesto and them came, which was cool. And so we got to spend time with them. Um, But one of the things, I had to go pick up uh, glue and some other stuff for something that Teresa was doing. She had to make the wings for the kids, for the angel. And I ran into the Dollar General. They didn't have it. Ran into the Dollar Tree, and they had it. For some reason, the craft section at the Dollar Tree here in Divine is, there must be a lot of old ladies that do craft here. And all, because it's, it's a huge section, huge, huge. And the lady goes, oh, it's the whole thing. I was, like, I was like, I don't think Walmart even has this, this much anymore. But it, one of the things that was really cool is as I'm going through that, they have, you know, it's, it's the December 23rd is when I'm doing this. They already have all the Christmas stuff 50% off. And, and lo and behold, what did they put in where the Christmas stuff was? Valentine's Day. They already had Valentine's Day stuff going up. And I was just like, wow. I was like, man, they're not wasting no time. But that's how quickly people move on from Christmas. It, it has to do really with the birth of Christ, but it has to do with we should be seeking Christ on a daily basis. And, and we can't do that if, we're, you know, if we think about even the radio station or the Hallmark Channel will move from Christmas now to Valentine's Day. And guess what? It's the same story. Just retread and the girl, Lena, Lena hates when I watch Hallmark with her because I'll tell her every time, oh, that's the dude, or that's going to happen, this is going to happen, here it goes. And she's like, just stop, Dad, you're ruining it. But that's how quickly the world moves on. And the question we have to ask ourselves is do we do the same thing? It's so easy for us <laughs> to have a divide happen as we, uh, as we get into the new year things start moving quickly and the pace of everything is so fast nowadays um, we have to take time for the lord and that's what really this message is about and so we look at our first point Jesus' fulfillment of the law his parents fulfill the law in verses 21 through 24 it says and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child his name was called jesus and that's the title. That That's where I got the title from. I just love that. His name was called Jesus. And we learned that earlier on that when the angel uh, Gabriel came and told him, you're going to call him Jesus. It's always cool when, when, when you get the messenger of God shows up and tells you what you're going to do, and they actually do it. There's a lot of times we don't. And you know, we, we, even though we're being given the will of God, we, we decide that we don't want to do it at times but I love that his name was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb now when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses were completed they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it was written in the law of the Lord every male who opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord in a pair of two a pair of turtle doves are two young pigeons. So let's look at this. This is actually Old Testament ritual that has had to be done. Jesus, because he is the, uh, the new covenant, this is not done anymore. And But as we look at this, we see that even as a baby, the law was kept. The law was kept. And we see three different rituals that are described in these passages. One, we see the circumcision of Jesus. And that was to be taken place uh, some eight days after uh, the covenant. And, and that was done, and that was a covenant that was made with Abraham. So they were maintaining the covenant that went all the way back with God and Abraham. And it was a, a, a Jewish custom. Now most kids get it done, it's just something that gets done, parents decide. If you're a dad, you definitely don't want to be in the room when that happens. I usually that I let the I don't think Michael or Matt. I wasn't there for either one of those cuz I was like, I'm good on that one. I'll cut the umbilical cord. I'll do all the other stuff, but I'm good on that one. Uh but it was a Jewish custom and Mary and Joseph was going to follow through with it. The second ceremony was concerned with purification of Mary. And so it dealt with uh her being pure for for 40 days after the birth of Jesus. And that goes back to Leviticus chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her customary impurity she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised. And so ordinarily the the parents would bring, uh, in this case they would bring a lamb, for sacrifice and 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 so we know that in leviticus chapter 12 verse 8 and it says and if she is not able to bring a lamb then she may bring two turtle doves or two <coughs> pigeons one as a burnt offering and the other as a sin offering so the priest shall make atonement for her and she will be clean and so uh the lamb we know is brought with jesus the perfect perfect lamb of god and in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18-19, through 19, knowing that they were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as the Lamb without blemish, without spot. He's fulfilling the law. And Jesus said that He would fulfill the law. He didn't come to disrupt the law or destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I do not come to destroy but to fulfill in order to provide us righteousness, make us acceptable before God. He had to live a life of complete obedience to, the, to God's law, and he did that. And then finally, the last thing that we see is the third ritual was to present Jesus in the temple, because he was a, a firstborn son. He had to be presented in the temple, and and he would be from the uh, he would be set aside for who the Levites, a priest, and he is the chief priest. And if a if a parent wanted to uh, to per, to buy back their son or redeem their firstborn son, they would have to pay five she- shekels to do that back in the, in those days. But this is the chief priest, and, and God said in Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it's mine. That's important for us, and I'm not going to get into a whole thing on abortion or any of that, but do you understand it's God that opens the womb? It, it's God that provides the child, and... You know, even going back, because even when you look in Genesis, it talks about, you know, they they were created male and female. And he tells them to do what? To be fruitful and multiply. And we're in Genesis. We'll be back in Genesis, uh, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, as we'll be in chapter 4. But I just love that. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it's mine. It belongs to me. And so when we when we destroy something in the womb, it's it's I think now what's crazy is you see them that you have the 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 three day pill or whatever it is. I forget what it's called. But you take that and you're done. And and that's become contraceptive or birth control for a lot of women. And it's sad. But, you know, you got to you got to understand that that from the time and it's been proven from the time of conception, it's life. It's life. And and, and and God says, they're mine. They're mine. They they belong to me. And so, once a year at Passover, the Israelites reminded God of God's grace. But each time a firstborn male, man or beast, came into the world, the firstborn issue had to be redeemed. And so, one of the things I love about this is you have Mary and Joseph. They're keeping the law. As parents, it's something that we need to understand. As As, as parents, we need... To keep the law at the home as well. It's hard for us to to wrap our heads around that sometimes, especially when we're dealing with teenagers or unruly kids. But it's like we have to understand. It's when I look at and we talked about it over the Advent teachings. We talked about Zachariah and Elizabeth, both uh, you know John the Baptist's mom and dad, and we talked about Mary and Joseph. And one of the things that we all saw in common of all of them was what? Righteous, humble, just. They were right before the eyes of God. And God chose them to lead the kids, Jesus and John the Baptist. And so for us, it's like even even as Jesus is a child, they chose to follow the law. And it's important for us that there are rules that we have as parents that we set. And there has to be consistency within those rules. And that's hard because, I mean, I'm telling you somebody that, you know, my kids were, for a long time, were, you know, they got away with a lot. Um, I was, I was, your mom was, mom was the bad cop, I was the good cop. I was like, oh, it's okay. She'll get over it. But the reality of it is, is like, you can't run a house that way. It, it, It doesn't function that way. God has given us His Word and, and I never understood this as, as somebody who, who didn't grow up in religion, who didn't grow up with a relationship with God, who didn't grow up with parents that followed God. I never understood the fact that everything I needed to know as being a parent was in the Bible. I didn't know that. And then you start reading it. You start reading it and you go, oh, that's in there? Oh, man. I missed that one. But you know what? The good thing is, this is like even today, it's like we can, God's grace, we live in God's grace that God, you just say, hey Lord, I need you to equip me to be a better parent. And God will help you do that. And if you go, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a single mom. Man, God raised Timothy with his mother and grandmother. She didn't know dad in the picture. And he was raised up a godly man that ended up helping Paul established churches early churches throughout uh, throughout the region and and it's important for us as I look at Mary and Joseph I look at them and I go you know what we have rules and and my kids know and since none of my kids are here I'm going to go ahead because usually there's one or two of them here they break the rules they're out the house And, and I know that's that's hard that's a harsh thing but I had to kick my son out the house and I made, I made the problem. We came to faith. His girlfriend was living with us. Yeah. See, God, we're sitting in church, and we're going through the Word of God, and it talks about sexual morality. And I was like, me and Teresa, we're on our way home driving, and we were like, oh, Lord, we have sexual morality in our home. We've allowed it in the home. And my son got upset because I was like, she's got to leave. So he left. And like a little baby, He's got, I'm out, and he took off and and it 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 was what it was as parents we have to do what we have to do because look i got five kids i got four other ones i still got to raise and if you don't start dealing with the problem child oh lord i have watched this in the church i have watched this in the church i've watched these young kids who went up the two oldest ones were 13 14 15 or 14 and 15 and they were getting into trouble and there were still a bunch of kids behind them. And I was telling the parents, like, well, if you don't get control of this, it's going to start impacting the other kids. And it, one by one, those kids all ended up in the, selling dope, in gangs, getting in trouble, in and out of jail. And they learned it from the two top ones. And, the, and who ran the house? The two older ones. And so that's why as parents, when we look at Mary and Joseph, they kept the law. There has to be rules that you have to establish, you and your husband, or you have to establish as a single mom. And they should be based upon God's Word. We have to, we have to keep them. And, and there, yes, we live in an age of grace. Okay? I'll give you some grace on the first one. But if you keep doing it over and over, we gotta, we're going to have to sit down and talk. And, and what's harder is as we now, being a grandparent, you can, I can't hit my grandkids, man. I, I get mad sometimes, but I, like, I just can't hit them. Little Joseph, he looks at you, or Grace looks at you, or Livy looks at you. And, and, and I, I'm just like, I'm not the parent. The parent needs to deal with it. And, um, but when you're dealing with adult children, it's hard. Because all you can do is go, this is what God's Word says. And you have to leave it at that. And then it requires a lot more time on your knees praying as parents because they, they make their own choices. My kids make their own choices. And, and, and what you find out is you're going to spend a lot more time praying than you did when they were little. Because when they're little, you just go to your room. That's all you have to do, right? But as they become young, young adults and young men and women, you know, they, they, need, your, they need your counsel your wisdom, your discernment. They don't need you grabbing the Bible and smacking them over the head with it. They need the truth, but there has to be love involved in it. You have to have that love. So Mary and Joseph kept the law. And Jesus, it's been a reminder from the very, we just finished the book of Mark, and so we saw even at the burial of Jesus, the law was kept. Nicodemus was there to make sure that the Jewish customs were followed. And so now we see from the birth of Christ that those customs are continued. Um, What we see now is in our our second part, we see Jesus is uh, presented to Simeon or meets Simeon in verses 25-35. through It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout waiting for the constellation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. So... Simeon is, uh, one of the things that I love about Simeon is right off the bat, he tells you what? That he's just and devout, right? Great qualities of, 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 of a calling that somebody has on their life is that, that they, if they're going to serve in the church, they have to be just and devout. And, and it's consistency. One of the things that Joe would always tell us is it's, it's consistency in your walk. And and that's so important. Is like it's the consistency of your obedience to God, the consistency of you, of, of your time in the Word, your time in prayer, um, your time in fellowship, and and it's that same consistency that we all need. But a lot of people aren't disciplined enough to do it, to serve in the church. You know, to, you know Simeon was serving in the temple and. He had the Holy Spirit upon him and, and we know that the, the Holy Spirit in, because this is before the Holy Spirit came upon the church. So the Holy Spirit was actually can be taken away from somebody. We know that from King Saul. So the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody. Now we have the opportunity of having the Holy Spirit in us the moment we give our hearts to Christ. It resides in us. But Simeon was, was a, a devout and just man. He was consistent but it doesn't matter how consistent you are if you're not available. Availability and consistency are the key to, to serving in ministry. Those two things. But consistency and availability as parents, as husband and wife, as well. You need to be consistent in your time with God. And consistent in in, in being obedient to what God is calling you to do individually. I've said this and and the person that told me this a long time ago was Mike Rios and I watched him disciple somebody who was fresh out of jail. And Mike opened up his home and 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 provided a place for the kid while the the parent, the 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 mom and the child were getting situated and, and they were they were helping him get a house, everything. To get situated so they could he could get a fresh start. Kid gave his life to the Lord in prison. And um, that was Mike's heart. He, that's just how he was. He, he was like that with everybody. And, and one of the things he told me, he said, Here's the deal. And I remember this, and I tell people this all the time. So it's not, if you've heard this from me the first time, it's not the first time I've said this. You run to Jesus, you run to, run to, uh, to the Word, you run to prayer, and you run to fellowship. And Mike told him and pointed at him and said, every time the doors of this church open, you need to be here because you need as much God as you can get right now, plain and simple. And I, that stuck with me. It stuck with me big time. I was like, man, I need to remember that. I wrote that one down. And, and man, that kid was doing so good for so long. And then he started getting back with old friends and uh, it ended up something went wrong with... Uh, I don't know what was going on at the house. He had told me he shot at the kid and almost missed him. I mean, the bullet went right through the wall. He got arrested. And and he had stopped the first six months. He was running to Jesus. He was running to the Word. He was running to prayer. He was running to fellowship. He stopped. He was no longer uh, running to those things. And over time, that little bit of a distance started happening with him and God and within that those old friends started coming in ended up destroying the marriage and now he's spending I think he's still got another five years of jail time left and he's been in there for I think he had 10 years to do and and it's sad because at the end of the day it's like when we tell you all that or if I ever tell you that I'm not telling you that because I'm not trying to I'm telling you that because this is even what I need I'm telling you that I need this. I need to run to Jesus. I need to to run to His Word. I need prayer. But I also need fellowship. Because when you come into church, the importance of church, and this is what people don't realize, is because COVID knocked all that out. Everybody was like, oh, I'll watch church from home. Now, I watch things at home all the time. I watched a football (laughs) game last night and I had so many interruptions. I'm like just could everybody just be like just y'all go over there let me watch the game <laughs> and so I'm thinking how are you watching church at home because how many interruptions are there kids running around or or people coming knocking at your door oh I got amazon package and they go get my and then you still got the word going you're not listening to anything you're going to grab your amazon package I know how this works and and so the reality when you go, when you're you're at church, the, the, the greatest need that you have is fellowship. Because what you have is so important. The wisdom that you have, the discernment that you have, the the reproof that you give, the encouragement that you may give. It may be something that you give to somebody, but you may come through those doors needing the same thing. And I can tell you something. There are times when I need it. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeart Radio, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine, and you'll you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, We are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.